This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire Russell Brand has been everywhere this week, so we'll explain why. Yep, we're going to get on to that. Also, what on earth is going on between India and Canada? It's a whole thing. We will tell you all about it. It's also the end of September, so footy finals it is, Claire. And in recommends you reveal your love of Silverchair. Oh, I love Silverchair. Let's do it. By a whisker this week, Claire, a nose you've actually written down here. That's a, is it a nose or a whisker? Either? Well, either's fine. Okay, either's fine. By a whisker this week, the most clicked link was to a pair of jogger jeans from Kmart that you recommended ages ago. <laughs> They're the jogger jeans that won't go away. <laughs> they really are. So there was a link that we had and very engaged newsletter audience that we have really went for it yep. for the third time. <laughs> for the third time. I don't know why. I mean, we're, I mean I'm really pleased that squeezes like the content that we serve up. I just have a small issue with jogger jeans. Well, it's a rather large issue, I think, <laughs> that you have with jogger jeans and clearly you're outnumbered because the squeeze audience really, really loves them. So they're denim jeans with an elasticised waist. Yes, exactly. I was on board when I was pregnant. Yeah, well... <laughs> And for those of us who like a large lunch, they're even better. <laughs> so 25 bucks, amazing. The reason we had it is that we're advertising uh, in our newsletter to the audience. If you want to advertise with us, yeah. we have a really engaged audience and this kind of just proves the point. And they really like fashion, health, beauty, practical lifestyle stuff. recommendations, practical stuff, exactly. I think we'll move on to news though now, Claire. The bigger story this week was the accusations made against comedian and podcaster Russell Brand. Is he officially called a podcaster? Yeah, he's got so. a podcast. Yeah, so he's a podcaster. Yeah. We got um, some audience engagement on that as well. Yeah. People writing in. Yeah, we did. So that story broke last weekend and it was clearly the biggest thing as we rounded up that mm. news on Sunday. Uh, it was also the weekend when we heard that Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee Furness are going to split up. Yeah, so or have split up. Yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of emails about that on the Monday going, who is this brand bloke and why are you going all tabloid with <laughs> Hugh Jackman and Deborah Lee? What is going on? Well, the truth of it is these were the biggest stories, both of them in the top ten this week. Um, we don't need to dwell on on Hugh and, and Deb, I don't think. I think no. we'll move on from that. But um, Russell Brand is a, is a really big news story and this is going to go on and on for quite mm. a time. It's worth unpacking why it's run this week and continues to. Long story short, it's a story about a guy, his alleged behaviour. It's also about media companies and how they responded at the time. Yeah, and Russell Brand, of course, just to start the story, I guess, he was a big radio star and TV star and he went into movies as well in the 2000s and in the 2010s. Uh, he has 
this sort of comedic style where he's very, very racy, um, mm. highly sexualized, lots of off-colour pranks as well. Yeah, it's and not my cup of tea. But no, look, yeah. I get why people find him yeah. hilarious. It's yeah. a particular type of comedy. Uh, it's got him into trouble a lot and he's been sacked from heaps and heaps of jobs, including at the BBC and Channel 4 in the UK. And what happened on the weekend was that there was a big media investigation. It was published by the Sunday Times. It was put to air by Channel 4 on the TV and it detailed claims of rape, sexual assault and bullying. From four women. Those women were anonymous. They'd not made official complaints to police. Since the weekend, there have been other complaints made by other women. At least one apparently has been made to the police. It's very hashtag me too, Claire. Claims are made about a star and then other women come out of the woodwork. Yeah, and lots of commentary too that this case is a bit different to other similar cases when it comes to the entertainment industry. Mm. And that comes down to the fact that it's very difficult to cancel Russell Brand. And that's because he has built this really huge base of followers uh, and they won't hear a bad word against him. To the numbers, he has 4 million followers on Instagram, 2.2 million on TikTok, 6.5 million on YouTube. And in those videos, Claire, he speaks directly to the camera in a single take. He's very clever with his words. He's used that skill to challenge the mainstream media in the past. As I understand it, more recently, he's become a bit more sort of conspiracy theorist. He got a big, big audience very quickly because they loved hearing him, and he is very clever, mm. take on the media. That got him a huge following, but it is that descent into conspiracy that has a lot of people worried. Okay. So COVID was a very big topic for brand during the pandemic, yeah. as you can imagine. Of course, what was happening in the UK was very particular and there was lots of criticism, but that did sort of widen the net for him in terms of his audience. And really since then, and I'll give you some titles and some recent videos to give you a flavour of what he, he's yeah, give talking us a about these days. Yeah. Um, do these emails prove Biden is corrupt and lying? Question mark. Question mark. That's number one. What really started the Hawaii fires, lots of all caps in there, Um, and this is how gender norms are affecting men. Okay. So it's a particular type of content that he's going after and a particular segment of the audience that really love that stuff. Really love that. He's also struggled with addiction, mental health issues throughout his life. He styled himself as a wellness guru for a time, so he has this, as you say, really loyal audience. It doesn't mean he can't be cancelled. It just means that it might be more difficult. And of course, big media organisations like YouTube have taken steps in that direction this week. Yeah. So YouTube has removed his ability to be able to make money off his YouTube videos. Mm. And that, of course, they say is down to the allegations. They are allegations at the moment. He hasn't been charged with anything. So they've turned off that money tap and figures are floating around saying that he made about one and a half million dollars a year from that YouTube audience. Um, He's also been dropped by his talent agent and a publisher since those allegations were made public. Yeah, and watching this play out, it's been interesting to see experts speculate about whether the allegations will dent his status or earning capacity. Many think it won't because of the audience he's built. Yeah, and time will tell. We're just at the start of this. Speaking of media, Claire, Mm. before we move on to our next segment. I know what you're going to say. Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Gone but not gone. 
Gone but not gone. (laughs) (laughs) He has stepped down as chair of News Corp. He's handed that over to his son, Lachlan. Uh, That makes his oldest son the leader of the news empire from end to end. So the News Corp side, also Fox Corporation. Um, He and his family are living in Australia, though. I didn't realise they were living in Australia. And, I mean, mean, you can work remotely these days. I'm sure he has a jet. I'm sure it will all be possible. He's probably got a Zoom subscription as well, I'd imagine. (laughs) He possibly does. (laughs) So I think he'll be able to make it work, perhaps. They might move back to the US. Who knows? Um, Claire, just on the gone but not gone thing, Rupert Mm. Murdoch says he'll still be sort of advising. Yeah, he's chairman emeritus, which means that he basically is read in on everything that's happening at the company, all the board documents, all of that kind of stuff. That's usually what happens with that kind of position for a longstanding chair who just steps away. He says, and I think the interesting part, is that he's going to be involved daily in news and ideas. So... He is not going away. He's not going away. He's 92, of course. And Lachlan Murdoch, I think, what, mid-50s? 52. 52. Claire, there's a lot to unpack in all of this. This is a a big move in media, so I reckon a shortcut coming our way. Yeah, I reckon we've got that locked in. Look out for that next week. Tuesday midday drops into your podcast feed. Claire, this next story is one that you and I had a discussion about because it feels hard to access. It feels like it's hard to understand. But when you break it down, you can get across it. It also has all the makings of a Hollywood blockbuster, a separatist movement in India, a killing in Canada, now a whole lot of diplomatic tensions. Why we're talking about this right now is that earlier this week, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stood up in Parliament. He accused the Indian government of taking part in the assassination of a Canadian national. This is a rare thing. Can I just say before we start, this is why I love the squeeze. I love it because you can actually unpick this stuff and it does feel very inaccessible and it's probably a headline that you've passed. And you kind of go, oh, okay, something's going on with India and Canada. Like, but like, that's what, weird. Yeah, that, what, what is it? Well, we're about to tell you. We're going to break it down. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's been quite something. So what Trudeau was referring to is the assassination of a guy called Hardeep Singh Najjar. Uh, He was assassinated in Canada in June. And as you say, he was a Canadian citizen. He moved from the Punjab region of India in the 90s. And very important to this story is that he's a Sikh. Yes. So to understand why that matters, a bit of a history lesson. The Sikhs, Claire, are a minority religious group in India. The only place they aren't a minority is in the state of Punjab. Punjab was the site of really violent clashes between Sikh separatists and the government back in the 80s. What Sikh separatists wanted, and in some cases still want, is an independent state, which they call Khalistan. Yeah, so they want to split away from India. They don't want to go somewhere else. They actually want that territory. Mm. And as part of the confrontation back in the 80s, tens of thousands of people were killed. India's then Prime Minister Indira Gandhi, she was ultimately assassinated by Sikh separatists. So this history is really, really deep and lots of bad memories about all of that. It's a big part of India. India's history, and it led to the Indian government banning the movement. Um, anyone who's really associated with that is considered an extremist. Yeah, so that's the context there. This then brings us to Canada. One thing I learned in all of this is that Canada has one of the largest overseas communities of Indian origin. It also has the highest population of Sikhs outside of Punjab in India. Canada has assured India over many years that the country would not support anyone trying to revive a separatist movement. The Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, though, has also 
also said time and time again that he respects the right to free speech and this is the rub. Yeah, it is such a fine line to walk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So people like Najjar, they were able to campaign for an independent state while he was in Canada, mm. um, which made things very tense between India and Canada. But things went to a really new high level of tensions when Trudeau did what he did this week. Which is, as we said, accuse India's government of playing a role in the assassination of Najjar. India strongly denied this claim, Claire, and the commentary is all around that Trudeau doesn't really have any evidence of this, at least not publicly. Yeah, it's one of the real contentious points of this. So there's no public evidence anyway. There's no evidence on the public record. But on Monday, Canada expelled a very senior member of India's intelligence agency. They were based in the Canadian embassy and in return, India kicked out one of the Canadian top diplomats. You can see why I said Hollywood blockbuster. Like the plot really thickens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The thing with any disagreement, to put it lightly, I guess that this is a disagreement, this is more than a disagreement now, is that this isn't an issue isolated to these two countries. Even just taking Australia as an example, both India and Canada are key allies of ours. What do we do? Who do we line up behind? (laughs) It's very difficult, particularly in a week when the United Nations General Assembly is on. So top diplomats are in the one place. And Penny Wong was there, of course, our foreign minister. She said she was put on the spot. She said that the claims that Trudeau have made are very concerning. Mm. Um, she wouldn't really be drawn otherwise. The United States has sort of responded in the same way. Um, what they say is that they're concerned that they're just going to wait and see. See how it plays how out. It plays There'll out. be an investigation yeah. into the claims that Trudeau's made and, and we may or may not find out ever what actually did happen. In all of that, the commentary, I guess, has also sort of landed in that Trudeau is a bit out on his own. He's gone out on a limb. It yeah. is a big statement that he's made and it's very difficult for his allies to really back him up. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. My recommendation today will be an episode of the New York Times, The Daily Podcast, mm. which fleshes all this history out a little bit more because there is a lot of context to this story. Stand by. A look now into the week ahead, footy finals again, Claire. By the end of the weekend, we'll know who our grand finalists are in the AFL, the NRL and the NRLW. We also have the Brown Lows on Monday night. Yep, the Dally M's as well on Thursday night. Those are the awards for the fairest and best player of the season. It also means a good red carpet. One team also to watch out for, Claire, is the Wallabies. Monday morning, 5am, their game against Wales kicks off. It's a must win for us. 5am is much more doable than a a 2am start. Oh, yeah, totally. You can get up, you can watch that, you can go to work. It's my birthday too. It's your birthday. Do do I want to watch the Wallabies? What a great way to start your birthday. (laughs) And big news this week, the Melbourne Mavericks. Yeah, so tell us about the netball. I was interested to see. I saw the logo. In quite a few places yeah. on social media. So Blue what's that black, all about? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked months ago about how Collingwood was pretty sensationally dropped from the Suncorp Super Netball competition. Since then, lots of speculation about where the eighth team would come from because they said they were going to fill that spot. We now know they'll be based in Melbourne's southeast. They'll be called the Mavericks, the Mavs. The Mavs. For sure. Okay. We don't know the lineup yet, so um, there's still a lot of issues around contracts for Suncorp Super Netball players. We don't know who's playing for what team yet, but we do know that the coach is Tracy Neville. She's the former coach of the Com Games winning England netball team. She was also last year the assistant coach of the Adelaide Thunderbirds. They won the premiership. Long story short, she's a bloody good coach. 
I went to school with a girl called Tracy Neville. I don't think that's her. Tracy Neville is quite a name in England. Her brother was a very, very, very good football player. He also coached the women's football team. Right. They're a whole family of Nevilles. the Nevilles are a thing. Gotcha. Um, and anyone who likes soccer will know what I'm talking about. Um, that's our sports wrap. Yeah. Move on to the voice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just to go from that to something <laughs> completely smooth segue that was. Yeah. Um, three weeks to go before referendum day. Where is that time gone? Yeah. We're at definitely the halfway mark. Um, more from the yes and no cases coming up this week. On Tuesday, no campaigner Warren Mundine. He's addressing the National Press Club. We've also got Noel Pearson doing the same on Wednesday. Yeah, so the no campaigner Warren Mundine first, Noel Pearson next. They're at 12.30pm. They'll be televised live by the ABC. Get your lunch ready, get in front of the TV. The format's 30 minutes for the speech, 30 minutes for questions from the journos. If you just have 30 minutes, Claire, I know what you're watching the questions, aren't you? I'm watching the questions. I know <laughs> I should say the speech, but the truth is I'm, I want to know what the journo's angles are. I think I'll just watch the whole hour. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think you will too. <laughs> Let's face it. Um, another thing to note in the land of politics and government, the Disabilities Royal Commission is due to hand over its final report on Friday. It's been going for ages. It was established by Prime Minister Scott Morrison in April 2019. And that was in response to a lot of reports at that time around abuse, uh, neglect, exploitation of people with disabilities. You might remember Morrison quite tearily told the story of his brother-in-law who has a disability and what it was like for him. Um, since getting underway, that Royal Commission has had 8,000 submissions. Uh, they have held 1,700 private sessions and hundreds of public hearings. It's a really big one. Yeah, it will be a big deal next Friday. It's also the Dolly Parton Festival in Narromine. That's on next weekend. I mean, we talked about red carpets, but this gallery will be pretty <laughs> pretty amazing, won't it? And normally we don't cast forward to the next weekend because we're talking to you on Saturday morning, but we're telling you this weekend because you might want to get organised to go to Narromine. Yeah. So you've got a week to be able to do Where that. Where is Narromine? Narromine, Central West New South Wales. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew kind of but if yeah. I had to drive there without a map, I think I would struggle. I think there's a line in Tucker's Daughter, the Ian Moss classic yeah. about Narromine. Okay. All yeah, right, it's that go. kind of space. My pick of the events, the best Dolly and Kenny competition. <laughs> Oh, any newsletter uh, readers will know that there's going to be a link to something Dolly Parton related in the coming week or so. Can't wait to see the pictures from that. Claire, before we get stuck into Squeeze Recommends, we have a message from our sponsor on this week's podcast, Cash Rewards. They've been working with us on the Squeeze Today podcast recently to help explain the world of cashback. Yeah, so when you shop with Cash Rewards, whether you're using their very handy browser extension uh, or you can go through the app, what happens is stores pay Cash Rewards for sending customers their way. Cash Rewards then takes a small part of that payment and then they pass the majority of it back to you. Hence the cashback. It's up to 20% cashback on your purchases. They have deals on lots of big brands and pretty much everything from groceries to tech to home stuff to fashion. The thing I didn't realise before is that cashback is real money. It's yeah, actual money. It's real money. You get to choose whether it's deposited into your bank you can get it in your PayPal account to save. Um, if you're anything like me, you can just spend it as well. <laughs> you can spend it. It's free to join. And if you sign up at cashrewards.com.au with the code SQUIZ and spend $20 within a week, you'll snag a $20 welcome bonus as well. We'll put all that in our episode notes. On to Squeeze Recommends now. 
recommends Claire, you're a silver chair fan. I really am. Yeah, I think I am too. I have been for decades. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> it's great doing this podcast, even though you and I have known each other for decades. Well, maybe coming up to two decades, yeah. in fact. Uh, we're learning these new things about I each other. I didn't know that. Was it Frog Stomp? Was it Frog Stomp? Frog Stomp was yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. Yeah. So I'm not so much into the grungy early stuff, as good as it is and as lasting as that sort of legacy, I guess, has been from Silverchair. Yeah. I liked Diorama, which was their last album. Was it I Straight think. Lines and Everything? No. no. Oh, Young Modern, you're right, was the last album. Okay. So Diorama was the fourth one. What was on Diorama? Was that like, like everything? That Year 2000 The Greatest song? View. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, that, that is great. It's yeah, got okay. so many great hits on it. I was actually doing my cleaning, as we talk about quite a lot on this podcast, and I came across on Apple Music that I'd actually bought that album back in the day yeah. before streaming was yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I got it all downloaded again and listened to it end to end. It still stands up. It just makes me so excited to hear it again. And I've got all those songs going through my brain. So yeah, it was very exciting a reason for this. <laughs> <laughs> when then saw that um, Silverchair has been on Australian Story, yeah. not the whole band, Ben Gillies and Chris Joanno. Um, they, of course, were the bassist and the drummer. Mm. Daniel Johns is very much doing his own things. There's very strange relationships between him and those two guys. Yeah. They all grew up together in Newcastle. They went to primary school together. I'm really thrilled that those two guys are telling their story because and it always gravitates to Daniel Johns. That's so true. And there's two parts to this. So you can watch the first part and then watch the second part on Monday night on ABC. It's a truly great Australian story as, a, as an Aussie band that really went gangbusters. The difficult things, and I just learned this on Friday, part one has been taken down because there's oh. some licensing issues. So it seems oh, no. that But Daniel, I watched it on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So someone's launched ah. some legal challenge about what they've actually shown or what they've- Okay. So you can't watch part one. But you can read all about it. So okay. there's a whole link about that story and it's a beautiful thing graphic story that the ABC has done. But part two is good. It's locked and loaded Monday night. Monday night uh, 8 o'clock. I think it's 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's after 7.30. Australians, yeah, we it? watch 7.30, then we yeah, watch a strange exactly. story, then we watch Four Corners. That's, That's <laughs> clear in my Monday night. Um, my recommendation I've already I've already given it, I fully endorse yours this week and also um, that podcast by The Daily about this India-Canada dispute is a really, really good yeah, listen. Good so both of those are in your episode notes. Squeeze Press today, Claire, before we sign off, I'm hiring a partnerships manager. Um, I thought I was your partnership. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You don't want to do this job. Me? You don't want to do this job. You <laughs> just got a bit of a shock there. <laughs> partnerships manager uh, is someone working in the commercial team. They do all of our ad delivery implementation, all our client-facing work, um, requires someone super organised, who loves media, who understands what we do. And, of course, in a startup environment, you get to do all sorts of different things. So if you're the sort of person that's attracted to a job that can take you in different directions, this one might be for you. If I was coming up again and I was in my early 20s and had a bit of smarts about me and was interested in media and news, this is the job I would absolutely go for because yeah, I think you get to learn so much. It's really interesting. Annalise Taylor, who um, now produces this podcast and works on heaps of content with us, started off as our partnerships manager. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we yeah we would like to hear from anyone who's, who's interested in that kind of role. Uh, the link to the job description is in your episode notes as well or you can email me directly, kate at thesqueeze.com.au, if you're interested. Until next week. <laughs>